I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello and welcome back to Supercoach Edge. So far, we've covered each area of the ground with forwards week, ruck week, midweek, well, that uh, means that it's left us with, of course, Defenders Week. And first up, of course, we have Primos. And no doubt, many have been waiting for this episode to hear us touch on a certain Magpie youngster amongst a host of other defensive stars. So it's going to be an absolute doozy, Liam. It will be. It will be. I don't know. I've tried, I've tried to look ahead in the show notes to see whether we've got similar or differing opinions um, yeah. on, on Dacos and we might have slightly different opinions. So it'll be interesting one to, to cover, I think. Yeah, it will be. Yeah. I think a lot of people will be divided about whether or not they yeah. start him or, or perhaps pick him up um, after his buy. Yeah. We'll, yes. we'll chat about that. Yes. yes, we will. But uh, before we do kick off, let's, uh, let's go run through our social channels. Uh, so you can find us on YouTube if you search Supercoach Edge and please don't forget to subscribe so you are notified of when our content does drop from week to week and I guess in the preseason from midweek to midweek. Uh, on Twitter, you'll find us at, at Supercoach underscore Edge, Damon at, at DamoJ88, myself at, at Liam Evans underscore 95, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, search Supercoach Edge and you'll find us there for all your meme goodness, I guess. And uh, one other thing, Damon. Public yes. group. We should probably mention that. Ah, of course. Yet another year. Another year we're going to mm. run, of course, our free public group, which we have been doing for the last, I don't know, how many years? Three years? Four years? I don't know. Yeah, four years. Three years. Four years. This is our years. fourth year. This is wow. our fourth year. Yeah. We're into the, uh, we're, we're broken out of the, just when yeah. they thought it was safe to go back <laughs> and listen to, to do other podcasts, we're back again. That's off the back of us. The people thought, okay, it's a trilogy, three years, leave it at that. It's like movie yeah, franchises, exactly, you yeah. know, like, oh, okay, nice gets little better boat. and better though. Yeah, it gets better and better. And then, you know, the the money-hungry uh, movie executives are like, you know what? No, let's make a quadrilogy and uh, no, we're gonna be- know, make the fourth film. We're going to be Fast and the Furious when we go this season, <laughs> season, season 233. <laughs> no doubt they'll still be making Fast and the Furious films then anyway. Oh, yes. so, yeah. 100%. Yeah. 
It'll be a Vin reference that they still understand. <laughs> Vin Diesel will have like a Zimmer frame. Yeah, gets out of his that... walking, uh, out of his out of his uh, electric uh, scooter. Yeah, or in fact has NOS. Like actually has, has NOS attached to his scooter, and that's his car. That's his vehicle going through the nursing oh. home. Oh, that'd be good. Good parody. I don't have friends. I got family. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> If you do want to join that free public group uh, for the fourth year in a row, you can do so via the code one two three three nine one. The I love that. I'm going to repeat that mm. one two three three nine one. I thought you were going to say no. one two three four five six. <laughs> I uh, is it just me? But I find all Supercoach codes are like I don't know. There's something like about consecutive them. Like numbers like a, or consecutive like, numbers or double yeah. numbers or like. I don't know, something about them. Anyway, beside the mm. point. The winner will, of course, receive a coveted Supercoach Edge champion ring that has been given to us by our friends at Supercoach Champion Ring. So make sure you check them out um, for your own cash leagues or your own leagues if you do want um, a, a prize uh, for, for, for your winner. Um, but also make sure to jump into this group so you can get your hands on the Supercoach Edge championship ring. And here it is. This is the oh. uh, the brand spanking new for those people tuning in via YouTube. I'm just holding up uh, for those people tuning into the podcast. I'm holding up the packaging from supercoachchampion.com, uh, one of the rings. And the ring is inside. I'm not going to dox myself um, and uh, show my my address. But uh, it comes with a nice little um, wax, wax seal. seal. Yes, it's pretty, uh, pretty Very cool. official. Very official. So that only just arrived in the mail um the other day so uh thank you to go. uh the good folk at Supercoach championship rings and uh check them mm. out because they're produced also if you're a magpie fan i saw in one of their little emails they send out uh that they've produced a uh premiership magpie ring mm. um and it says magpie army on it so check it out it'd be pretty cool um not for us because we're not calling supporters um no. but just off the back of that as well and we probably should mention because in our previous um i guess video release uh, on yes. youtube we did, of course, announce our uh, our cash league that we have mm. opened the doors up to. We've swung it open, and uh, the cash prize has increased to one k, or as you say, one thousand dollars. One thousand dollars. Gentlemen, silence. Uh, There's good impersonation by you, by the way, in the video. Um, but the response was absolutely overwhelming. Yes. Blind us out of the water. Um, we were floored. I fell off my chair, uh, like Vince McMahon style uh, in that <laughs> meme. And um, off the back of that, we've just completely filled. Uh, we've filled 18 spots. But now, due to the response, and we've had a bit of an overflow, we want to give a spot to um, to you know everyone if we could. But we're going to open up a second cash league. Um, so if we can fill that cash league, that will be the second and final cash league. So... I think there's still around about at last count, around about eight to seven to eight spots potentially. Um, mm. So hit us up DMs on Twitter uh, or Facebook, um, and yeah, we'll uh, we'll hook you up if there are any spaces remaining. So yeah, two cash leagues uh, potentially. The first one guaranteed 100k. Sorry, 100k. My God, oh. I'm gonna retract that. Retract that. One k. Yes, please. I'm back in. <laughs> Take off a couple of zeros there. <laughs> you're, you're back in. You're back in. Um, but I was yeah, going to feel... let one of the one of the good people of Supercoach Edge to uh, uh, win that. One of the good folk of the community. But if it's a hundred k, I'm back in. <laughs> You're back in. You broke yourself back in. Yeah, the good people, not the you people, of course. No, um, not the you people. <laughs> people that tuned into the video uh, will get the joke there. A couple of nice references from me, myself, and Irene, <laughs> and Tropic Thunder. 
What do you mean by you people? What do you mean by you people? Anyway, we're getting derailed again. Um, so, yeah, so. Liam, let's not waste any more time and jump straight into the episode. Salute me, familia. Let's do it. Let's kick off with none other than, uh, with the first defensive primo, none other than mm. Nick Dacos. 650k on the dot. Obviously pickable as a defender and as a midfielder. So he's got that handy DPP status from the beginning of this. Um, and he had a 2023 average of 116.3. Um, and of course, playing in round zero, he does have that second buy early in the season. So because Junior took the competition by storm last season, or even the season before, as we expected him to, jumping in average from 91.3 in his debut season, all the way up to 116.3. 2023 was a season that featured 1,500 plus scores and 12 scores that were 120 plus as well in 20 home and away games. For perspective, Bont had 22 100-plus games and 15 120-plus in 23 games. It's an insight into his quality as a high-floor and high-ceiling player. Much like Superman himself, the young gun didn't have many weaknesses except for one. The Kryptonite was a specific tagger in Finn McGuinness, holding him to a score of 41 in just over a half a footy before he left the match injured. Port's use of Willem Drew as a cooler also kept him to 99 points with a bulk Even. of those points <laughs> coming after Hinkley stupidly stupid. Come on, Hinks. Come on. Yeah. You moved Drew off him in the last quarter and just let him let him go anyway. Yeah. Likewise, Carlton's rotation of Hewitt on Dacos kept him to 82. Clark on him resulted in a score of 81, and Keyes used as a forward tag on Dacos did limit him to 72 as well. Shouldn't surprise that all five of those games were his lowest scores, though, for the season and the only sub-100 plus games uh, for the entire season. So the question is whether other clubs might look to tag him more often given the effectiveness as many coaches turned a blind eye. The other rise in Dacos's game did come in the form of 42 CBAs, which rose sharply from 4% the year before. So from rounds 15 to 20, where his CBAs were over 50% and thus playing basically as a, a full-time mid, he had scores of 132, 149, 139, 130, 99, and 82 for an average of 121.8. Then in the grand final, when he did return to his full-time mid-roll, he um, 74% CBAs, he busted out a 131. His average dipped slightly in those 14 games. He was used primarily off halfback to 118.2 is as his average, but it's still slightly above his season average. What we can extrapolate is that if he is given even more CBAs, which is a possibility given the departure of Adams from the from the, from the pies, the ceiling for Dacos does grow, presenting Dacos as potentially slight value mm. on his starting price. Oh, yeah, believe it or not. But the biggest issue, I think, is his double buy that sees him with an early buy in round five and then the prospect of facing a fin tag the round prior as well. So a fin tag, basically a double, a triple buy, mm. triple yeah. buy potentially. So in, is this play starting him or perhaps fading him with the intention of bringing him in post-buy, hoping he doesn't skyrocket in price and the fin stumbling block does halt any price rise? Damon. 
Mm. I've been speaking for a long time, so I'm going to throw to you. No, I do like that that difference in, I guess, the, the uptick of his average when he's playing yeah. virtually as a full-time mid with those box CBAs compared to when he's playing off halfback. And it was almost that way, wasn't it? Like towards the back part of the season, he was kind of played more as a mid. Yeah. So I do think that off the back of that, what we can expect is for that to continue, especially, as you said, with the Adams being there. But for me, I think in terms of selecting him, I am genuinely torn. Um, he's been out mm. of my side. He's been in my side. He's been out of my side. But now he's back in there, Liam. I can confirm. And Oof. I guess for me, just knowing his high floor and ceiling, you know, no matter if he does play off halfback or in the mids, mm. it just has me licking my lips, even at his current price point. However, even, you know, if he does start the season on fire, you know, the fin tag could potentially undo his potential price rises that he may have in round two and three. So it comes down to whether you can forgo his potential points in the first four rounds when he faces the Giants, Sydney, St Kilda and Brisbane. Um, Melbourne and Richmond, they do have their buy the week after Dacos. So ideally, you'd love to trade one of those players to Dacos as a, you know, potentially a quick switch, mm. um, which is something that I was looking at. So the players from either of those teams um, will have, of course, had four price rises up until then. But could we extract enough coin from, say, a Billings to help make mm. a switch? Um, I don't think we can. So that's part of the reason why I'm thinking of starting Dacos. Just to, and and probably feeds from that point that we made about Bontempelli. Weighing up a yeah. like, you know, even if he does drop in price, can you afford to wait? Will he drop in price at a point in the season where you have enough cash cows to trade in to then bring in a bond or bring in Dacos in this case? And I think it's just going to be way too hard. Um, and I had a chat with uh, with Damo and Clarkie on, uh, on their podcast and uh, be sure to check it out because they do some ripping work. But I raised this point as well about using Billings as an example. And because the forward line isn't flushed with, um, I guess, quality, um, if Billings does actually smash it, can we really afford to get rid of him and trade him down to a rookie and compromise our forward lines further in order to bring in Dacos? I don't it's think the point. point differential will be worth it. I mean, Dacos is obviously going to give you a fair bit of cash depending on who you're trading to Dacos. But I think bringing in a, a rookie off the back of, a, say, Billings, if he starts well, I don't think that's really going to work. Um, Richmond, I don't think there's any other players that you could really you know, start and then potentially ride them uh, with the intention of flipping them. So, yeah, I, that tactic of sort of working around the buyers, I don't mm. think really works in this case. So that aside, I think I just, I'm happy enough to stick with Dacos, hopefully he starts the season on fire. If he does get tagged by Finn, which he probably will be, if he gets held by, you know, by him and has a bit of a, a shit round, yeah, it is what it is. Um, and yeah, covering with the, with the rookie, just, I think a lot of people are forgetting as well. Um, this is sort of the last point, so I'm not just rabbiting on, but like in terms of uh, using trades, which is what we spoke about again in, in Clarky and Damo's podcast, is even though we've got those extra four trades, we can't devalue the trades despite the fact we've got the extra. I, I think mm. we could potentially use maybe one or two, if most, to do sideways trades early on um, if you're not starting with certain players with the eye of bringing them in. But I don't know. I just think it's kind of... It's a dangerous path to go down if you're not starting with a player, hoping to bring them in because you're also having to contend with at that stage, you know, bringing in, you know, rookie corrections and all that sort of stuff. So uh, for me, I'm going to be starting Dacos. But Liam, what say you? What's your thoughts? Well, I thought we were going to be on opposite sides of this. And Ooh, unfortunately, okay. we're not. We're not now. <laughs> we're not. <Okay>. So <laughs> um, look, I, I, I'm torn too, but... I'm also going to say Dacos hasn't been out of my side. 
since oh, the start. Oh, okay. So I, I have been torn and it's more so that I think I look at him and I go, or I look at him in my side and I go, oh, don't want to spend 650 as you said. Yeah. Um, you know, thin tag, early buy, like there's a lot of things going against him. But then I kind of go, I just can't take him out. Like I kind of go, mm-hmm. we're going to talk about some other guys. I'm going to mention some stuff about them later. But I'm le- I'm definitely, I, I, I don't think I'm not going to start him. I think there would yeah. have to be something real bad would have to happen for me not to start him. Mm. And I think at the end of the year, we're going to look back or even the start of next year probably is probably a better way of looking at it. Mm. We'll be like, oh, imagine if we could get day cost for 650. That's a real bargain. Yeah. Um, and that's where I think in my head I'm going is that, yeah, okay, the fin tag is a concern, but it's also a what if. Like, yeah. maybe and Mitchell it's only one round. Yeah, and maybe Mitchell chooses not to tag him. Like maybe mm. Mitchell, like, I don't know, what if Finn... I don't hope for this, but like, what if Finn gets injured, gets injured. before yeah. before it? Like, you know what I mean? Like, suspended, it's a big, yeah. yeah, suspended anything. Like, you don't know, you don't know, and that's the concern I have. I'm kind of okay. I'm willing to accept that, but there's every chance as well that he goes big in the first three or four rounds before his buy, mm. um, and obviously including that round zero, and at the very least maintains his price or increases his price. Yeah, there might be a bit of a hit when if there is a Finn tag and he and he and he doesn't smash it. I think your your point though as well, and I wrote this down, it's exactly what we spoke about with Bond. And I think mm. the issue is the points as well that you're going to sacrifice in not picking him yep. and the captaincy worthy option that you lose as well by not starting him. There's other guys we're going to talk about, you know, Sicily, Stuart, um, Ryan, sorry, I'm just going to, you know, jump straight in there. Their next three sort of price options um, mm. after Dacos. But do you really feel like you're comfortable VC or seeing each of those guys every week? Mm. Like I almost feel comfortable putting the C on Dacos yeah. any week. I don't think I would feel that comfortable doing it. Sicily, definitely not with his sort of high variance. And Tom yep. Stewart, maybe he's, he's a bit different, but Luke Ryan, no. Mm. Like, so that that's the difference that I do think that we need to consider is that these guys the, the, the day cost gives you a captaincy option. And at the end of the day, it's points that are going to win you super coach. Um, yeah. You might lose a little bit, but I don't think you lose enough to make it worth it. And I think overall, like you said, we've got still got to value trades similarly to what we did. It's only four extra. Yeah. And we can't be looking at all across our side and going, oh yeah, in the forward line, we're going to, we're going to flip this player on their buy and we're going to flip someone in the midfield on their buy. And we're going to flip someone in the forward line on their buy and yeah. sorry, in the defensive defensive line. And then it's like that's three trades, and that's yeah, on top exactly. of as you said, rookie rookie corrections, any injuries that happen, any suspensions that happen. I, I just think it's in this case, I actually think the the trade is not worth the trade. Not trading is worth it. Starting yeah. him is is the better value option. Yeah, and it's like if he's to average, like if he's able to average his one sixteen across, what was the first uh, five rounds from round zero to round four. Uh, oh, sorry, up until, sorry, let's say four rounds up until when he plays uh, the Hawks and potentially gets the fin tag. Mm. He'd be pretty happy with that if he was average that across all those games. Like the Giants, Sydney, Sydney don't have Clark anymore either. So they don't really have a genuine tagger or a run with player. Um, St Kilda, their whole game plan's sort of built upon, you know, their defensive uh, side of the game. So I'd, I don't really think that they're going to be trying to tag him. Uh, they might have sort of a win Hager maybe running with him. But again, this is Dacos. He can run all day. He's kind of like a, you know, think of a, a Dane Swan um, back in the day, run all day. He was super hard to tag. 
Um, mm. And I don't know what it is with Finn. I don't know what edge that he has, but I don't know if he's physical, if he gets into his mind. It must be a mental, psychological mm. type of thing um, to put him off his game. But we just know that Dacos can play virtually anywhere, forward, defense, through the middle, wings. So even if he is tagged in that one game um, before his buy, it is what it is. Um, and as long as it works with your buy structure as well, um, go for it. Uh, that's that's kind of my uh, my closing thoughts. <laughs> yeah, and <laughs> like I think Jerry's on top trigger. of that, looking at his like Supercoach Gold and his projected price change based off his averages, he's projected to be at his lowest. I mean, his lowest is in round 23, but I'm going to ignore that. Um and look at sort of the start of the season because you're going to bring him in before round 23 if you yeah. want, if you want to do anything. Um, but in round 12 is when it's projected to be this lowest, and it's 615k, so it's only really what 35k below his starting mm. price. It's it's not worth a trade. Like you know what I mean? Like yeah, I just don't think. I think with the points, like he's not scoring poorly in there either. Like no. his his scores according to I mean this is obviously projected, but he doesn't go below 100 there. Yeah, you're it's not. Just, you're going to be holding I mean, out for yeah. I don't think you can look at yeah, twenty five, thirty five k really, and like you're banking yeah. on the fact that you can then get him at that time. Like, what if yeah. you have injuries and you can't do it? Then what if you have what? What if it doesn't work out? You know what I mean? Mm. Like, yeah, I just exactly think that's right. the concern. That's the concern with someone like a Dacos, and it's probably the same concern with any of the other guys we'll talk about. But you can't start them all. But I just think that Dacos is the rolled gold. Like you know, you're going to need him. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's, we could probably speak about him all day, I think. But uh, mm. I think for me, I'm more in the camp of starting him um, and starting him in the middle as well for me um, mm. to potentially allow don't me to it. start maybe a Sicily and a Stewart. I'm yep. still unsure on Sicily though. I'm going to start Stewart 100%. But yeah. if I don't start with Sicily, I'd be happy enough. If I need to free up a midfield spot, which I may need to off the back of maybe a Nick Martin doing a bit of a shifty mm. uh, from your mom off half back. Um, and I may need to, Oh, easy. Okay. There you go. A mm. bit of an exclusive. You've, you've, a bit of but, but without Sicily, I think, yeah, I may need to switch Dacos back into defense and then, yeah, that might help in there. But um, yeah, swings and roundabouts. I think with Dacos as yeah. to where he starts, I think he should be a genuine starter in the mold of Lebont. I've done a complete 180 here off the back of I think you've helped me rationalize things as well, which is which is always good. I've got both of them. Yep. Bond's been in and out of my side, but Dacos hasn't. Dacos has yep. been in from the start. I mean, of course, I've traded him out to be like, oh, what could I do with that cash? But like I've yeah. never felt comfortable with it and then just gone straight back in. Like never have I ended a like looking at the super coach and, and not had him in my side. Yeah, and that's so, the other thing as well. Like yeah. I don't want to be watching Collingwood games and being utterly frustrated watching Dacos be given like gifted easy points and not mm. owning him. Like I want to own him. I want to enjoy watching him because he is a bit of a marvel and he's a, he's a joy to watch. So that's pretty much it. But uh, just on Sicily, uh, we just spoke of, probably should uh, jump into him and uh, highlight yes, the reasons agreed. why I am thinking of maybe not starting him. So James Sicily is priced at 637.5. 4k 
And his 2023 average was 114. Only has a one buy, thankfully. So he's got that feather in his cap. But the big Cillian is the second most expensive option of the defenders priced at an average as a set of 114, which comes in just over his two-year average of 113.73. And we've used a two-year average uh, here as he missed the 2021 season through injury. So right about on par with what we expect um, mm. in recent career-wise with his averages. Uh, but Sicily missed four games in 2023, all through suspension for dangerous tackles and high hits, classic Sicily. And the concern is as he plays on the edge whether this happens yet again in 2024 yeah and a lot of the, i think the reason as well we spoke of in the previous episode and no sorry i was speaking about it with uh damon clarky um mm. just in terms of the worry about the afl now having rubber stamped these incidents as like genuine rules now like with the made art incident like contesting the ball in the air um then obviously tackling someone from behind you can't drag them to the ground drive their head into the ground all that sort of stuff so i think it's going to be probably harder for players to get off because now it's like, it's, yeah, a it's rule. not a, so yeah, as soon as it happens, just, mm. it's going to be okay. You're going to be handed a week, two weeks, whatever. And yeah, uh, not as up in the air. So that's a bit of a worry there with Sicily. And the other concern that uh, we both have, Liam, is his mm. big variance in scoring. So he has a high ceiling. There's no doubt about that with three scores of 160 plus. So mammoth scores, seven scores of 130 plus, but he's also capable of putting in a stinker with low scores of 38, 63, 76, and 83, uh, which are low by his standards, of course, and not really what you want when you're forking out 637K for a player. And lastly, we saw towards the back end of the season where teams targeted him with the solid intent mm. of nullifying his influence as a loose intercepting defender. And St. Kilda and North Melbourne, they did this to great effect, both limiting him to 102 and 58. So the worry is teams utilize this tactic, having seen it um, be so effective. And um, yeah, I guess, you know, employing it potentially when they yeah. face him, depending on who the team is. I think St. Kilda, they're the big worry because... As I said, their 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 whole game plan, Ross the boss, defensive mindset. They build off their defense, um, and they virtually like just reshaped their forward line to accommodate to nullify Sicily, which was pretty impressive to see because I didn't think they'd actually do it. Um, and North Melbourne, I guess, Clarko, um, the absolute guru, uh, having previously coached Sicily and knowing how um, you know effective he can be playing as a loose man in defense, um, no surprise there as to why he nullified him. So. I think other teams may potentially look to employ mm. it if they do have a bit of a cooler that can play uh, in their forward line on Sicily and play a defensive forward role. Um, but on the other side of the coin, the risk of not starting Sicily is whether he gets on a tear and becomes mm. priced out of the market. Um, you know, whether or not you can pick him up if he puts in a couple of stinkers in a row. It goes back to that point we just made about Dacos. We made about Bontempelli in previous episodes in the mids, uh, Primo's episode. Um, so... I've kind of got that in my mind as well. Um, verdict, Liam, um, just quickly for me, he's, yeah. he's currently in my side, as I said. Um, yeah. Opted against starting him in 2023. That's kind of what's front of mind with, with me because it did hurt me until I traded him in and enjoyed what I was really missing out on. And that was that 170 plus game against St. Kilda when he first faced them. But the prospect of opposition teams nullifying him does worry me as I have no doubt that Ross Lyon's going to yet do it again with St. Kilda. And I think some new clubs might try and do it, um, provided it doesn't sort of unravel uh, the rest of the way they're going to combat Hawthorne, especially if Hawthorne, you know, improves even more in 2024, which I think they probably yeah. will. Um, so they're not going to be easy beats. So they're going to try and find ways to really undo Hawthorne's uh, ability to win games. So 
wouldn't surprise me to see them use this tactic against Sicily. But Liam, mm. what are your thoughts? I don't, I don't have him in my side, and he hasn't been in my side, so opposite opposite end to you here. Um, definitely think he's a top eight defender. Have zero issue with anyone starting him. I think the issue I think though is that the defensive line offers more value options. So I'm looking elsewhere. I'm also looking at his season 2023, and obviously you can't use that necessarily fully as a um like, like a measuring stick. Yeah. yeah, exactly the same. But he ends up he started the season 624k. So what's that? About 13k cheaper last year. Yeah. But by round six, round seven, round eight, he was 537.6k. So he'd already dropped 100k in the yeah, first wow. six rounds, seven rounds. And that's when I jumped rounds. on him as well. Yeah, exactly. So I'm not as worried. And like he didn't have, he had one stinker in 63 and a yeah. 76. The rest were all 91 plus. So like he didn't have terrible games. Um, and I think that's what makes me feel more comfortable bypassing him. I think as well, we've got potential DPPs in Nick Martin and Carl Amon potentially yeah. taking up some spots. I think he's still top eight defender. I just think mm. you can skip him early and hope you get a discount when he does throw in that stinker. Um, mm. I think on top of that, more teams targeting him will hurt him, obviously, and potentially help us get him in a bit later. Um, if you are forgoing Dacos, though, I'd be wanting to start Sicily mm, because yeah, he's true. got the high ceiling. Um, he hasn't got the high floor necessarily, but he's got the high ceiling. And that's the difference, I think, between the two. I mean, there's obviously, what, 13-ish K between the two as well. But Dacos has the high floor, high ceiling, whereas Sicily doesn't have that high floor. And that's that's why I would be going for Dacos. If you're picking between the two, spend the extra 13 K. The big part of his game that could elevate maybe potentially is if Hardwick um, no longer in defense, what he's being groomed to play forward. Forward, yeah. So Hardwick had the more or the most kick-ins. Sicily had the second most. Mm, so that might elevate his game a little bit more. But aim on coming in might also mean that he gets the kickouts as well because he's taking true. that Hardwick role. So, yeah. I mean, you don't know. Like, I'd need to see some form before I made actual call on that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't mind it. I'm not against the pick in the slightest. I just, it's probably not one that I'm going to be making. I think there's other players I'd rather, I'd rather use the cash differently. And Agreed. talking about using the cash differently, it is mm. the. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. The guy that I'm using the cash differently on, it is Tom Stewart. Next on the list, 635.3K. He has an average of 
and only has the one bye. Tom Cat came off a career best season that also featured 1,600 plus games and 11, 120 plus games. And despite being priced as the third most expensive defender, believe it or not, he actually presents as value when you factor in, I don't want to talk about it, his average containing his injury affected score of 18 from round one. I, yeah, that, that killed me. I do remember that. Oh, anyway, it's all good. We're going to. Yeah, you, you messaged me and it was, I was, I was watching like, the game. We we're both watching. And we we're like, oh my God. Oh my God. But I was, I was secretly licking my lips because I didn't own him. So I was like, yeah, this exactly. just works so well. But I like felt for you because I know what it's like. Oh. And round one, like of and round all one. rounds. And on, and on 18. Like, yeah. Anyway, I live in a decent score. Yeah. Anyway, poor Tom Stewart. Anyway, once he once we do discount that game, though, his average lifts to 118.2, meaning he should be priced above Dacos as the most expensive defender at approximately 660K. Wowee. As we know, the strength of Stewart's game is his intercept marking, which goes some way to explaining his career best supercoach season as he averaged 3.4 a game, which was up from 2.8 in 2022. The other part of his game that provides a sound base in scoring is his kick-ins as he has once again the leading kick-in taker for the Cats playing on from a juicy 89% to boot. No, you know what? I'm not going to say juicy. The only thing that's juicy is if you play on from 100%. All you got to do is take a step out of that box. Yeah. Like... There is no what reason you doing? shouldn't be playing on. What are you doing? Where's that other eleven percent, Tom Cat? Exactly, You're not doing your job, mate. Exactly, I'm gonna be the tiger parent that's like A plus. Why yeah. wasn't it? Why wasn't it A plus plus? Yeah, ninety nine. <laughs> what about the one percent? Anyway, yeah. What question you get wrong? <laughs> Make sure you didn't get it wrong again. <laughs> Oh, anyway, the only <laughs> query that we do have with Stuart is across the preseason. Is the word that the cats may look to use him through the middle. Interesting mm. at various stages, as they did in 2023 with 26 CBAs in 26%, sorry, CBAs in round 17, 53% in round 19. And that return scores of oh, 124 and 152. Is that a query or is that a goodness? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it's only a small sample size, though, but it doesn't look to have a negative impact on his scoring and may conversely provide a favorable uptick, with the most notable stat increasing across the game being his tackles with four and five, despite. Um, averaging two across the season as a full-time defender. The interesting thing with mm. that, I think I saw some heat maps. I can't remember who put it out. Well, not heat maps, but sort of the his possession maps. In mm. those two games, He, I don't think he actually got a center clearance. He didn't touch the ball in center. He apparently just runs back um, yeah, okay. after it. And so he's just loose um, as a defender. So I think yeah. that's what helped him a bit with that. So it's more so, I don't think the CBAs actually helped. It was just... The role, the way he, he positioned himself, yeah, yeah, the way that he could position himself helped him there. Um, and the other thing on that, just to note, is I think I read somewhere today that he's he hasn't played in the middle in the intra club yet, mm. or in the most recent intra club he wasn't playing as a centre bounce yeah. mid. So that I mean, I don't think it's a negative. Like one twenty four and one, if he does, it's good. But I don't think it's mm. an issue if he doesn't. It's not like some other players where he'd say, "Oh no." He's not getting CBAs. Yeah. Don't pick him. He's, he's, it's fine if he doesn't because he has enough of that role. Um, in terms of verdict, he is in my side. I don't imagine he will be out of my side at all. No, he's in. He's in. He, he he's and in. Dacos are probably the only two, other than a Gordon Grundy, who are probably the safest bet of any player mm. on my side. Um, Dacos and Stewart are the next two. Yeah, I, I totally agree. He's a lock and load in my team. Uh, even before we factor in his true average 
being oh, yeah. 118.2 and you know should be priced at 25k or thereabouts more expensive than he is um so you could probably say to him that despite the frustration that your you know i guess your past self had mm. uh, having owned him in 2023 your future self or should i say your current self in 2024 <laughs> is bearing the fruits of that frustration and pain oh, 100%. because you get him cheaper than what he actually should be that is so, true you got to always I mean, look on the bright side of things. Exactly. And looking at his scores, he has he, he's a very similar mould to the Dacos as well, mm. um, in a sense. Or you could say, well, no, he's the mould. But like that that same description of what we had for Dacos, he's got the high floor. Um, he only had two games, the injury affected 18, and then a random 69 um, <laughs> against Collingwood. Um, he, both of those games, his two lower scores came against Collingwood, an 18 and a 69. Um, just from interest in 2023. And then his next lowest was 91. <laughs> and only, and only uh, four, I think, of his scores were below 100. So, yeah, wow. like, just high floor. Really high floor, um, yeah. High floor and then, like, equally a high ceiling, you know, scores of 167, 152, 147. So mm. both high score, high, high, high ceiling and high floor which is nice and what you want. And I think that's why I'd rather pick him over a Sicily where you're going to get high. You might get a higher score with Sicily occasionally, mm. but you're not going to get the um, high floor. You're not going to get the high variance that you're going to get from yeah. Sicily. Yeah, exactly right. I think he's, yeah, like you said, he is a lock and load for me. He's not moving out of my mm. side. So because of those reasons, he's such a safe pick from year to year mm. uh, and especially last year, which he should have been even a safer pick had he not been injured in mm. round one. Uh, but let's move on to this next guy who uh, I think we're both not really fans of, and it probably comes back to that uh, that point we just made about Stuart in the fact that it can be a little bit flaky uh, or a bit of a lowered ceiling. And it is Luke Ryan. He's priced at 611.8K and his 2023 average was 109.5, uh, which ended up being his career high. Um, so he's coming off a career best season. Uh, so it's no surprise that, um, you know, he doesn't really present as, as value as such when we speak about it in those terms with a three-year average of 102, which is 7.5 points below uh, the average that he is priced at currently. So the key difference you get with, say, you know, Orion over Sicily and Stewart is that he has a, you know, a relatively stable floor with a low score mm. of 83. This is in 2023, of course, coming off this uh, this great year. But he doesn't have a consistently high enough ceiling. Uh, yes, he had a high score of 171, but of his 23 games, only four scores were 125 plus and captaincy worthy. Uh, unlike, a, as we said, you know, Tom Stewart, Sicily, hence the reason why he's a little bit down the pecking mm. order. But the thing that works well for Ryan is the fact that he does get bulk points from taking kick-ins. He took 119 of Frio's kick-ins for 2023 with Hayden Young, the next best at 43, which is a massive difference uh, of over 70. Across the season, yeah, it's huge. And it's also interesting to note that Young looks to be moving into a midfield role, of course, as we know. So Ryan could potentially have an even bigger share if that's at all possible. Um, but regardless, I think the Kickins provide the stable base for his scoring and they do help him uh, have that high floor if he mm. is on a bit of a tear, uh, depending on the game and matchup. Also does have the favourable buy, sharing it with just Port Adelaide, making him a great cover across the buys as a whole. Uh, verdicts. So 
I've never really been a fan of Ryan, and it's due to the fact that uh, his role changes like the wind. One minute, he's busting out those massive ceiling scores as an intercepting loose defender, and the next minute, he's called upon to play as a lockdown defender where he scores plummet. And this is in-game I'm talking about. Like, I've seen games mm. where he starts the game on a tear, half-time, Frio's getting done, his direct opponent is absolutely smashing it. Ryan, you're going to be a lockdown defender. And then it just turns on its head. And I just hate seeing that because you can't adjust for it, obviously, in-game. Um, but like we said, the absence of Young does make him a more appealing prospect, but again, not in the same class as Cicely Stewart or Dacos for mine as a viable starting pick. So I will be passing him up. And uh, best of luck for those people that want to be rolling with the uh, the Ryan roller coaster. I'm going to disagree slightly. Oh, okay. That's good. That's good. I, I've never, I agree. I've never been a massive fan. Um, I've been swayed slightly. I'm not being yes. him. He's not in my side. Um, and he won't be in my side. Uh, not at the start at least. Um, but I'd consider him purely on his high floor. Like I think that makes him slightly more favorable to Sicily. Not favorable to Sicily, but it makes me go, it makes me think you could it makes him a juggly, like you juggle between the two. I think a high ceiling is good for captaincy. I think with Sicily, you kind of live and die by the sword, um, mm. either because you get that high ceiling or you you get hurt by the the low the low score. Um, or you get suspended. That. Yeah, or you get suspended. <laughs> um, Ryan's also interesting because I think so often you saw him early in the match, like it'd be like quarter time or half time, be like, oh, he's on for a big score here. Mm-hmm. Like he is on. And then, as you said, role would change slightly, become more locked down or, or whatever. And he just, I don't know, just just kind of eke out that 100 or that 110. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I think um, I'm not I'm not picking him, but I would genuinely understand tossing up between him and Sicily. Because I think that they have two opposite strengths in the sense of one has that high floor, which is going to mm. potentially, I think it's going to help you not lose games with a high floor. Whereas yep. Sicily's high ceiling might help you win games, but it's unlikely to, but it, there's equally as likely to, you know, his low variance, his low floor is equally as likely to help you lose games. So it's hard. I I, I think the fact that they're priced, 20k like it's only 20 what 26k it's Mm -hmm. not is it even 20 yeah 26k it's not really enough to make it worth it so yeah i'd probably go with sicily just purely on the fact that he's got the runs on the board yeah um compared to orion but i can see why people would go for him i wouldn't choose him over a stewart or a day cost because they've both got the high floor and the high ceiling but Mm. i could pick him over a sicily if the 25k is going to get you get you something no, I see. I do see the, uh, you know, the 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 weaknesses of both Ryan, mm. his role changing, uh, Sicily, being tagged potentially mm. or nullified, slash suspended, and then yeah, the um, the high floor v, low floor and high ceiling, low ceiling. So I think it comes down a, to a bit of a juggling match. Yeah, isn't it? yeah, it's a juggling match. I think it comes down to how you like to play. If you yeah. are someone that likes to play safe then i would definitely go for orion but if you're willing to take a risk i'd probably go with sicily mm. um but i'd also want to you'd want to wait up across the other areas of your field like if you're picking a lot of mid prices maybe it's worth going for someone with a higher floor um yeah. that might 
just stabilize your scoring a little bit. But if you are going safe across the field, then maybe a Sicily makes more sense just to get you that. I don't know. Just, yeah, it's something you got to consider across your field. I think, I think the, the, the weighing up those two to me is what it does the rest of your side. Yep. No, that's a good point. I like it. Next up, who have we got, Liam? Jacques Sinclair, 596.3K. 106.7 was his average in 2023, and he does not have a second buy, just the one for the season, which is nice. And the flying mullet was down on production in 2023 mm-hmm. compared to his 2022 average of just 113 point, oh, sorry, 113.7, which was his career high. So, yeah, it was down seven points. Um, there was a notable dip, noticeable dip in his game is that he had four less 100-plus games compared to 2022, where he had 15 in total. And much like last season, his ability to surpass the 120-plus mark was limited to just six games after only five in 2022. In 19 out of 24 games, he spent some time in the engine room, taking him away from his bread-and-butter game of rebounding off halfback and scoring bulk points as a result. So it's no surprise in those five games he had zero CBAs, he did manage to average 114.2. If we want to aim for a bigger sample size and include those games when he had less than 10% CBAs, it does also increase his average to 115.9. The thing that we do need to factor in, though, is the emergence of Nasaya Wanganin Malira as another distributor of halfback, potentially cramping Sinclair style, as he did eclipse Sinclair as the main kick in taker, 104 to 90. Mm. Mm, very interesting. interesting. Especially mm. when you compare that to 2022, Sinclair was a king dick with king kick-ins. Oh, that's a very hard sentence to say. Uh, <laughs> with 85. You got kicked in the dick by the king. He had 85 and the next best being 35. So there's no doubt NWM, as we will refer to him, uh, has been an impact limiting the floor of Sinclair. The other con is, of course, that Sinclair, St. Kilda, sorry, and Sinclair, as a result, only play at Marvel in five out of their first 12 games. So, you know, doesn't get to play sort of his home ground and his, uh, yeah, his stomping ground. I think with the rise of Wanganeen Malira, that's the biggest concern. Mm. Um, it's going to hurt him in Supercoach and the fact that he's probably going to be moved into that engine room a bit more because mm. I think he provides something a bit different in the fact that he has pace Yeah. Um, compared to like, you know, steel just sort of not necessarily. He's more in and yeah. under, more like yeah. fashion crash. I think yeah. Sinclair gives you a point of difference in that midfield. Um, I'm trying to think of their other midfielders off the top of my head and I can't. I don't watch enough St. Kilda games. Yeah, I think he's a bit different, but that's why Ross the Boss will want him to be playing in that midfield and it doesn't suit him. Um, mm-hmm. I'd be willing to forgo him. I think there's other value options that we'll talk about shortly and there's other mid-priced and rookie options that are, are more enticing. Yeah, no, all those points, exactly the same. I echo them. Um, if uh, NWM, uh, if Wangani Miller wasn't there, Yes, mm. maybe. There's a chance that he kind of goes back to being more of a balanced halfback distributor yeah. come uh, midfielder. But I think with uh, Miller there, Wangan and Miller there, it's going gonna, it's gonna to hurt him a fair bit. And if anything, it's probably going to elevate the amount of time that he spends in the engine room. Um, yeah. So I think that maybe he still finishes as a top eight to ten, maybe. Um, mm. But I'm not as certain as what I was maybe last year. Um 
So he's probably towards the back end of the ranking scale for me when it comes to high-scoring defenders. And with that, I think there's potential to pick him up cheaper uh, if yes. he has a couple of low games. And like you highlighted there, he's, he's dip in the amount of 100-plus games that he had in 2024, which no doubt came off the back of playing more time in the midfield. I think that probably will continue. And uh, if he has a couple of down games, his price is going to yeah. plummet. So um, happy enough to wait on him. Assess how things are going. And if who knows, as we always say, if things change, if Nasai ends up getting injured or whatever, and Sinclair's needed more back in defense in that sort of um, traditional role, he may even be more appealing then. But I think I'll start without him for the time being. If things change, I'll uh, look to pick him up early, but uh, happy to forego until he uh, becomes a bit more of a juicy price for me. Yeah, I agree. He's not in my side. He hasn't been in my side as in this season, um, this preseason. I don't think he'll make his way in there. Um, no. I think with the likes of the potential DPPs we've spoken about, like a Nick Martin and Carl Amon, I'm willing to wait and yeah. see because it'll be interesting mm. to see. I yeah. don't think there's any doubt that Stuart, Sicily or Dacos finishes top six, eight, ten defenders. Mm. Um, so there's no point not picking them. Ryan, I think, will as well, just based off purely his floor. Mm. But Sinclair, I think, falls into the sort of the danger zone um, as potentially one that could drop out or there could be others that, you, yeah, I'm, I'm willing to wait and see. Yeah, those other midfielders in St Kilda is the, in their engine room. Um, they've got Crouch, Win Hager, Hill, Mason Wood, uh, Jack Steele, and Owens can run through there as well uh, from yeah. time to time. So, so I think he does provide a slight difference to those guys. Yeah, and Severos as well, if I didn't mention mm. him. Don't think I did. Yeah. So, yeah, that's not favourable. I think he's like, unlike Stewart, who we spoke of, getting more time in the, in the midfield, not really impacting your score. Yes. Uh, I think it's probably a little bit of the opposite. The opposite, yeah. When it comes and to- And funny, um, again, player. funny, those two guys, you know, again, increase CBAs. We normally go, oh, yes, please, let's start them. Yeah. Exactly. Both yeah. Where we we don't want to. Or we worry about it with Sinclair, but not with Stuart. So. Yep. Food for thought. But uh, let's mm. move on to the second last play here. We'll speak about, and it is Dan Houston, priced at five ninety three point one k, and he had an average in twenty twenty three, which was a career best um, of one oh six point one, and was the first time he's been able to finish with an average over one hundred. Mm. So um, great season there by Houston only has the one by of course the favorable one uh with Frio uh but there's plenty of upside and potential with Houston as he has a high ceiling with scores of 176 156 146 128 and a 128 yet again but also has a low floor to I guess balance it out with nine mm. scores sub 100 five of which were sub 80 so these included scores in rounds 21 23, which means it isn't purely based on a change in role. He just has the potential to put in a stinker from time to time. So mm. I guess off the back of that, I view 2023 almost as not an anomaly, but a bit of an outlier is probably a better way to say it. Um, just because it's the first real season where he's put in this, uh, this sort of output. Yeah. And I mean, just... As a stats man, I think uh, with it potentially being a bit more of an outlier, you know, is there more chance of him regressing to the mean 
as we always say, um, going back to his usual uh, average of previous seasons, which were in 2022, a 99, 2021, 86, 2020, 91, and an 89.3 in 2019. So he's been relatively consistent, but you can see there the jump up in average. We need, really need to look at the reasons why. Um, you know, distributing off halfback more, yes, maybe that role there is carved out for him. I think for me, even so, just with the you know, the the lack of ceiling from time to times and the and the big mm. standard deviation in his scores can hurt you, especially when it comes to finals and stuff as well, where you're kind of relying on these guys to, you know, at least put in those high floor games. Um, and yeah, the, uh, you know, albeit his high floor is there. Like he had 16, 100 plus scores, but I think the deviation in his scores is really what, what hurts and what can hurt you. Um, but having said all that, I do like him as a selection as well because uh, I think he would be a relative pod. So yeah. if you do like to go down that route, uh, there's that aspect to him as well, which I don't mind. But I think for me, when we're talking about, you know, putting him alongside the likes of a Sicily, Stewart, Dacos, even a Ryan, I think he's kind of down the pecking order for me. Um, so, oh, yeah. 100%. Yeah. 100% down the pecking order. Like looking at his kick-ins, He's taken over the season, he's taken 60, 60 less kick-ins than the, the person, than the player that's taken the most, and that's Ryan oh, Burton for the port. So it's not like he's got that to fall back on. Yeah, that's um, a good point. Like, I, I think there's only one game where I'm trying, so real quick look, one or two games across the season where he's taken the most kick-ins, and it's kind of been gay. It just It's kind of like he's taken one more than someone else. Yeah. Um, except for really round three where Burton didn't play and he was the, he was the primary kick and taker, but there's multiple games where he didn't take any as well mm-hmm. um, across that game. So I, I agree with you pod that I like based off that just because he is a pod. And I think there's yeah. potential for him to have decent enough scoring to be, to be worthwhile, but I'd, I'd wait and see on him. Uh, he's not one that I think knocks out. I don't think he, I don't think he becomes a top eight or six defender. Like I can't, I don't know. He could, but I just don't think at this stage he's not at this stage, and yeah. I'd be willing to pay a little bit more for him to be a bit more sure in his in his scoring. Because as you said, it's a big outlier um, for his sort of career averages. It looks as though as well, like just because look at his disposal numbers and stuff as well from games to, game to game. It looks as though he's kind of like the second or third in the chain coming out of defense. Like you know, from there they use him to distribute coming out of defense and then he can push up the ground and and uh and then roll back when the ball is coming back uh ports way defensively so mm-hmm. um i mean he does have a good role and uh good runner, yeah, sort of yeah but maybe it's because of the fact that he's not like you look at you think of like the big names in defense stewart sicily mm-hmm. um Houston, i mean houston's not really up there is he i mean off the back no. of one good season as well um but maybe, maybe that's maybe twenty twenty three was the the start of of his run. Um, like looking at yeah. that side of things, like maybe it's the start of him becoming that uh, that reliable player. Um, but even so, an average of one hundred six point one, it's it's not the best. It's not the best. It could no. be better. It could be better. It could be better. And I think that's the thing when we're talking about players like again, don't want to harp on about it, but um, Nick Martin or. Uh, Carl Amon, we're going to be playing more distributor roles, and we've seen what what that can do for players that um, you know play that 
that role in the scoring, like, you know, in the in the mould of a, a Dacos. Mm. Um, I just don't think a 106 cuts it. Like, I just don't think no. that's worth it, and especially not at just under 600K. Like, if no. he was he was 550, yeah, you might consider him. Mm. But, yeah, 600, just under 600 is not worth it. And if that's his career best to date, mm. you're like, well, is there ceiling there? Like, can he can he elevate any further than that? You know, in comparison to a Stewart who we know can and should have been averaging more, if not for that that, uh, yeah. that injury game. And then Sicily, who's who's done it. He's got runs on the board. And it's not like he's a player like um, a Dacos who's early on in his – like really early on in his career mm. where he's going to have that natural increase in his scoring. So there is the chance of a ceiling. Like it is kind of a bit of a breakout. But I don't know. It's a bit of an outlier. I'd want to see – I'm willing to wait and see with him is the difference, I think. Yep, 100% agree there. Um, Sorry, just getting rid of a bug. Uh, <laughs> moving on to the next uh, guy on the list, and it is Hayden Young, 525.1K, obviously pickable as a defender, and he had a 2023 average of 94 and has only the one buy, which, as we mentioned with Houston, is a favorable one, only for mm-hmm. sharing it with Port. So that's good. So Young, I think, has to be the value option of the guys we've covered in this list, and that's saying something when we're considering that Stewart is a value option. From rounds 20 to 24, Young moved into a CBA role, playing a bit of a sort of a run-with role, um, but but definitely in the midfield, and he attended 52%, 77%, 81%, 78%, and 81% CBAs in those rounds for scores of 69 123, 118, 113, and 111. And if we take this five-round average, we end Mm. up with him averaging 106.8, which is 12.8 points over his average he is priced at. So he is certainly Mm. value. So as they say... If these trends continue... Hey! (laughs) Disco Uh, Stew. Yes. Like Disco Music. (laughs) (laughs) And he also likes Hayden Uh. Young. (laughs) <laughs> yes, he does. And by all reports, um, I mean, Hayden Young's been playing as a midfielder and match sims at Freo, so it's looking good. Yep. It's, all, it's all coming up at Millhouse if I want to cram in another <laughs> Simpsons reference there. Yeah. Um, it's a funny thing, though. We're talking about Young at 106.8 as being a really, you know, potentially as a good option. But, you know, then we look at Dan Houston and he's sort of at that, lower price, uh, sort of similar, but we're not looking at him. I think it's really the price point and the fact yeah. that Young, I mean, like the 69 drags that average down. That was his first game playing in the midfield. It's a substantially lower CBA count as well. Mm. So like he goes up to, you know, if you look at just the 77%, 81%, 78 and then 70, 81%. across the three. Yeah, like or, yeah. it would increase because you're knocking out 69 and his lower score then is 111. So he's really mm. probably sitting around 115 probably is his average, just quick maths. Yep. Yep. Um, like that's substantially different. That's top three yeah. defensive type numbers, that one, yeah. And as he plays that role across the season, he's going to look. He's gonna play much better potentially, you know, like he's going to get more comfortable. He's going to be more and – and a preseason behind him. So there's potential that he can score. There's upside in that scoring as well. I think just his tackle numbers, I haven't got the stats on me. Yeah, I've literally just crunched those numbers there. So I, I yeah. can uh, feed it to you, Liam. But like the five games there, he's averaged 7.4 tackles a game compared yeah, to his season average, 3.9, of course, including yeah. those tackle numbers there. And so that's, that's like the mold of a steal from years gone by, mm. you know, like yep. where we really wanted that high 
ceiling, uh, the high tackle numbers that help create a stable floor for him. So yeah. I am all in on Hayden Young. I think he is, I think sis, uh, Stewart's lock number one. I don't think, like for me in my side right now, Dacos is a lock, but I don't yeah. think for everyone he is, but I think Young should be a lock in everyone else's side. Yeah, 100%. I think, yeah, in terms of value, upside, like we spoke last mm-hmm. year of Tom Green and LDU and stuff, this is like the same sort of mould. Like he's all but guaranteed to up his average. And it's, you know, we've had that snapshot. It's virtually, we call it like a cheat code, like those five games, seeing him play the role that he's about to step into full time, it's just gold. Um, and, you know, it's very rare that we get that opportunity um, to do that. And we spoke of Amon in that respect as well. Like he's stepping mm. into a defensive role. He played, I think it was five games as well in his respect uh, in 2023 back end. And we saw how much he can lift, lift his average. So um, yeah, a bit of a sliding doors there, uh, mirroring uh, Hayden Young going from defense to midfield compared to Amon going from midfield to defense. So yeah, Hayden Young, Absolute gun. And those tackle numbers as well, just to put it into individual stats, across the five games, it was tackle numbers of 5, 10, 8, 7, and 7. And you mm. compare it just loosely across other games, and it's like tackle numbers of 1, 2, 3, 1, 1. So, yeah, it speaks for itself. Um, and, yeah, knowing that his average can rise, an extra 12 to 13 points is a pure mid. Just lock and load. Put him in your side. Should be in 100% of sides, alongside, in my opinion, Grundy and Gorn. So uh, yep. don't second guess it. Don't don't have to waste a trade to bring him in after the fact uh, because you're going to be kicking yourself. But Liam, that just about rounds us out for the end of part one of this discussion during our Defender Week. And we obviously um, you know, touched on primos in this part, Liam, but um, mm. what we'll be looking at next. Yes, we'll be discussing uh, the mid-prices in the next episode. And again, the rookies in the third. Mid-prices and value in the next episode and rookies in the third. These will be uh, released on Wednesday and Friday, respectively. So if you are coming to us late, make sure to jump across to those as well. Very good. And uh, also, as we've always said in these episodes, if there's any Defender Primos that you would like us to touch on, please Mm. comment below if you're watching us on YouTube, of course. Uh, or you can slide into our DMs uh, if you're listening to us via the audio podcast, and we will run through them in a special episode called Frequently Asked Players. Mm. And uh, if you just want to reach out to us on those socials, uh, send us a DM or leave us a comment um, on any of our social channels, or, you know, just want to... No, reach out to us in any way. You can find us at Twitter on Twitter at, at supercoach underscore edge at demoj88 and at Liam Evans underscore 95. I think it's self explanatory as to who is who. And then yeah, Facebook no. and Instagram <laughs> and TikTok search supercoach edge and you will find us there. Thank you, Damo. I am Liam, of course. So uh, <laughs> just to confuse things in the episode that way because people have no idea if they're tuning in. Uh, you know, for the first time via our audio podcast, I'm sure they would have distinguished the voice, but who knows? Yeah, just confuse things. I think they're going to know that Dame at DameOJ88 is for Damon and at Liam Evans <laughs> underscore 95 is for Liam. No, as to whether they I'm, think, as to whether <laughs> if they know who which one is which, it doesn't matter. Yeah, but I've since changed my handle, Liam, to Liam Evans 95 underscore. Oh, no. No, I haven't. No, I haven't. No, not, no, no. Not, not Liam underscore Evans underscore 95, like my old one. <laughs> I was going to say that, but I couldn't remember what it was because it was so convoluted. Oh. Uh, but with that, Liam, 
let's sign off. Thanks so much for tuning in. And uh, of course, we'll catch you in the next one. Thanks. See you guys. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 